This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Tim Kirkjian is joining us again this year. We're happy to have him. Tim, April 15th, 1976. The Twins are in the Bronx to reopen Yankee Stadium. It's a beautiful, sunny day. Red Grange is there. Jack Dempsey is there. The Widows are there. DiMaggio's there. They're all there. Yesterday's opener didn't remind me of that, Tim. (laughs) <laughs> that that was as bizarre as it gets. It rained. I mean, it snowed so hard on opening day. And I've seen that before. 82, I was covering the Rangers. Yes. The first three games of the season got snowed out by a biblical snowstorm. <laughs> this wasn't like that. But believe me, it was so bad for about three hours. I said, this is absurd. <laughs> and then... They, fortunately, they canceled it because it would have been stupid to try to play anywhere around that because it was so cold. And then, miraculously, we heard it was going to rain all day yesterday. And, and I think it yes, did. <laughs> and it did. But at 4 o'clock, miraculously, the, the skies opened a little bit, and we got to play. And it was <laughs> it was a bizarre game, and it was a bizarre two days in New York. <laughs> but at least we got the home opener played. And, of course... A rain delay to start today's game. Yes, and by the way, I saw I saw our friend Mark Topkin doing a stand up on a rival network. <laughs> I thought he was going to drown. He was trying to do a uh, stand up under an umbrella. Unbelievable how hard it was raining. I couldn't believe they played. Yeah, it was it was really ridiculous the, those two days. But again, you know how this works, Pat. This is why they build in off days after. Yes the home opener so in case there's rain they have an extra day for the opening day yes and yet they were looking at a ticket fiasco of all time if the people on wednesday were saying wait today hey wait i got tickets for wednesday's game and the opening day people said well we haven't gone to a game here yet so fortunately they avoided that well this has been that armageddon spring that baseball has to fear when they start a season on march 29th and uh uh, the uh, fighting twins open here tomorrow uh, snow, rain, and 38 degrees, but they better play because the high on Friday's 27. <laughs> and Pat, look, I'm all for getting started early here yes. because I hate that last week of March when nothing matters, nobody cares, they just want to get it over with and start the games. But you're right, this is what happens when you start this early. And all right, we're gonna we're gonna end a little earlier, but. Everybody knows it's colder at the end of March 
than it is at the end of October. <laughs> That's just the way it works. Yeah. And this is absurd, playing the ultimate skill sport in 27-degree weather, in snow, in rain. It usually doesn't make for good baseball. Tim, uh, they have to start taking into account stadiums that have roofs or if they're in warm weather locations. You can't just throw a dart at a board and say, oh, it's going to be fine in Detroit on March 29th. Detroit shouldn't be home. It's never fine in Detroit on March 29th. And don't ever forget, when it comes to Milwaukee, which, thank yes. goodness, has a dome now, Curtis Leskanik, the reliever, once described the weather in Milwaukee. He said, there's winter, there's July 27th, and then there's the fall. That's how it works. Yes, and so, we're, but, we're, we're slightly colder than Milwaukee here. So. Precisely. Now, I saw the Cubs on opening day, and they began the season with 10 games on the road. And yes. you know what? They could care less because eight of those games were in a dome, and they yes. would rather play, I would think. And I, a few of them told me this. They'd rather play in warm weather than at home, thinking maybe 10 more days will make it slightly warmer in Chicago when they get there. All right. The legend is that Giancarlo got booed for his five strikeouts. A, I don't think there was enough people left in the stadium to boo him at the end of the game, but uh, uh, it wasn't exactly a raucous boo, was it? No, I was there, Pat. I did the game from the booth, and those were... Well, I don't want to say legitimate boos, but there were people booing in the stands in the freezing cold. <laughs> the Yankees were ahead 11 to 4. So, you know, welcome to New York, Giancarlo Stanton. And how great is baseball, Pat, that on the night that the reigning MVP makes his home debut with the Yankees, Didi Gregorius, granted, yes. a good player, becomes the first Yankee shortstop ever to drive in eight runs in a game and the third shortstop of all time, Miguel Tejada, Hall of Famer Travis Jackson, and and now D.D. Gregorius to get four hits and drive in eight runs in a game. Of all time, that's what he did last night. What happened to him? I mean, last I year, you know, last year he won the playoff game. The Twins get three in right. the top of the first. He comes out and hits a three-run homer off Santana in the bottom of the th- first, and it's over. And uh, right you know. again, the beauty of baseball, Pat. When they got him from Arizona, of course I checked. All right, what are the Yankees getting here? I know this guy, but what are the Yankees getting? And I was told, well, he's a really good shortstop. There's he might not hit. He's never going to hit left-handers. And here he is. He's hitting everyone. Only Yankee shortstop ever to hit 25 in a season. Only Yankee shortstop ever to hit 20 homers in back-to-back seasons. And now it looks like he's going to do it three years in a row. And Chase Field might be uh, home run friendly, but nothing like a left-handed hitter in Yankee Stadium. Right, especially when you miss on the inside part of the plate <laughs> something up in the strike zone, and he just hammered it twice yesterday. And again, that's what makes baseball so great. This was about Judge, it was about this, <laughs> it was about everything. And remember... Gregorius is the guy, when they got Stanton, he tweeted out, well, I guess I'm not hitting cleanup anymore. And then he hit cleanup last night, drove in eight runs. Uh, so uh, what were your uh, scouting reports, what were your scouting friends telling you about Barrios' effort against Baltimore? That was pretty well, good, Tim. 
<laughs> as we know, Pat, his stuff is great. It's not good, it's great. And as a young pitcher, even though he's advanced for a young pitcher, he's still trying to learn, you know, the art of pitching, as most young pitchers have to do. But he showed he's got way more than great stuff the other day because that was masterful. I talked to one of the Orioles, and I was just told, no chance. That's mm-hmm. how good he was in that game. And if this is a sign of things to come, then they have, they might have a legitimate ace on their hands. And with some of the other people they've added, and when Santana comes back, maybe that starting pitching for the Twins, which has been so up and down in recent years, could be way more up than down. Yeah, Dozier said the same thing that uh, when the hitters when when those two or three guys got to second base, they said, "Forget this." <laughs> you know, he was uh, the funny thing was he kind of buzzed Manny right off the bat in the first inning, and uh, not you know just inside, not not at the head or anything, but you could see Manny A wasn't expecting it, and B didn't like it. <laughs> well, as we know, Pat, with today's hitters, they're a little bit more sensitive <laughs> than when Harmon Killebrew played. And when you throw in on them, they look at you like, yeah, what are you doing? And the old hitters would say, don't you dare do that to me, and they'd get angry. Today's guys just get upset. Uh, some of them take it out on the pitcher, but that's Barrios at his best now, saying, hey, I got control of this game. Yes, uh, that, uh, that's true. Uh, poor, uh, what would you think of the uh, replay decision that got Gardy one for one on ejections with Detroit? I, you can't you can't take that long if it if it's clear and convincing. It shouldn't take that long, is my theory. Well, again, Pat, this is I, I told you from the beginning. I'm in for replay because it's just it's going to happen. But I kept wondering, you know, is this really going to work? And one manager told me, look, three years from now, we're all going to be looking at this and say, what took so long to get to this? Because this is going to be perfected in three years. Well, that was three years ago, <laughs> and it's still not perfected, and it's still taking way too much time, and it's just odd to me. All we're trying to do is speed up the game, and we can't get the replay system figured out perfectly yet. Uh, Tim, we had a 17-inninger uh, early in the season. We just had a 15-inninger that lasted almost six hours. We're going to have that man on second base by about uh, two years from now, I think. By the 11th inning, we'll have a guy on second base. I think it's going to happen. I think you're right, Pat. And I'm surprised how many people I've talked to in the game who think it's a good idea. Now, I'm on record right now saying I think it's a terrible idea. And I understand what we're trying to do here. And I understand there are some people that call them excess innings, not extra innings. (laughs) I get it. But to me, this is messing with the fabric of the game. And I know this is a reach, even though it's happened before. You tell me, Pedro Martinez in the 90s had a perfect game through nine innings. And it was nothing-nothing. So they sent him out there for the 10th. So if we change the rules... (laughs) And a guy with a perfect game suddenly looks around in the top of the tenth, and there's a runner on second. Number one, <laughs> how unfair is that? And two, how are you going to explain a guy with a perfect game has yes. now got a guy on second base? Well, what is going to be with that? Who's going to? Is that run going to be charged, or are we just? Is it going to be like a shootout goal? I guess in the hockey, they they don't really count. Right. So I don't know. Does the RBI? If the you can't. You can't give the you can't say it's not a pitcher loss and then not and give the guy an RBI. It's got to be something. 
look, I understand what they're trying to do here, but they had better think this through completely in a game that keeps, you know, how many pickoff throws you make to first base during the course of a game. I think we better come up with a mechanism that explains how the winning run is scored and who is charged with it. Yep. Hey, Tim, I, I wrote a column for tomorrow where I'm writing it on cold weather baseball in Minnesota, not the, you know, the high schools and the colleges. And the, these fellas are used to it, okay? <laughs> playing, uh, playing in sleet and snow in April. But, uh, the best story was, uh, St. John's, the college up here. They had to shovel, uh, they had to plow five, six inches of snow off. They put it behind the, uh, the, uh, dugouts and, there happened to be a dog there, a retriever dog, and he went and got all the foul balls, dug them out of the basement, <laughs> dug them out of the snowbanks, and uh, that's uh, so. Uh, there's there's a lot of Minnesotans who aren't going to be feeling sorry for the Twins and the Mariners tomorrow. Right, Bill Spires in Milwaukee told me in '94 it was like 27 at game time, and with a wind chill, it was like eight. Yeah, at the top of the <laughs> Cal Eldridge pitching the top of the first. Can't find the strike zone. Yes. The top of the first lasts 31 minutes. <laughs> 31 minutes. And the shortstop, Bill Fires, has his hand in his pocket. And he's thinking to himself, please, don't hit it to me. That's what happens when you're trying to play baseball in the cold weather. Okay, now I was watching uh, one of your sh- uh, shows, uh, studio shows the other day. Or, or no, it was uh, you were doing a game. And I think right. a spring training game, and they were uh, questioning your musical knowledge, and uh, I, I was you and I are uh, soulmates there because uh, first time I did a morning radio show, I referred to the band as Inks, and it's in sync, you know. It turns out to be so. Uh, but uh, what's the deal? If you get out of the seventies, you're in trouble. Well, I was in trouble in the 70s. <laughs> with with I mean, music. <laughs> I was late to every party, as I said. I thought Jethro Tull was a guy. Like <laughs> Bodine. I thought Leonard Skinner was a guy. Yeah. Hey, Len, how you doing? <laughs> I didn't know. And now, oh my gosh, the stuff that's going on now with rappers and everything else. Yeah. Somebody asked me what's on the radio, who's your best MC of all time? Well, being an old guy... MC is a master of ceremony. Yes, right. I said, Bob Euchre. I did a banquet with him once. He's the funniest guy I've ever seen at the banquet. And these guys are like laughing at me on the radio. I don't even know what they're talking about. And later, my really cool son, who's 24, said, Dad, an MC is like a rapper. Okay. Well, who, how, who knows that stuff? I don't. So I I don't know anything about me. I gotta I say like you're it. you're okay. Your occasional hits with Levitard are off the charts. Funny man. <laughs> well, that's a very funny show. That oh, that like guy's the, great. They do is so incredibly clever, Pat. And the key is they're a bunch of guys who are like friends of the show. They don't get paid. They don't work for the show. They're the ones that send in those lookalikes. That's not Levitard. And his group, those are friends of the show, setting in the look like. Well, the other th- we we uh, re- we replay it at nights here when uh, when we don't have a game or something. And uh, but th- but the secret of success is he's got Gracie Allen. He, you know, you got if you're gonna have a great radio show, you got to have the the uh, the side character. The yeah, you got He's got Gracie Allen. Is uh, now that ages me, but he's got the he's got the doofus. That that's what wins right. for him. Right, and I can't tell if 
Stu Gatz is really just a dope, or if he's really good at playing a dope. I think he's good at playing a dope. I think he's right. fantastic. He's perfect foil to Levitard, who's brilliant, and Stu Gatz plays uh, not so brilliant really well. Yes. Hey, Tim, talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thanks. Okay, Pat. See ya. All right, the great Tim Kirchner. We shall return. Taking the ride with Roycey. Lousy voice, but it was distinctive. On 1500 ESPN. And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. Adrian Beltre to start things off here in the second. And he swings and lines this one out to right field. That's a base hit. And Adrian Beltre, now with 3,053 hits. And he ties Rod Carew for the most hits all-time among Latin-born players. It has uh, become common occurrence in the last year or two to say, Adrian Beltre is a Hall of Famer. I told you that five years yes, ago. Yes, you did. You I remember you for? saying that. And what I are said, you waiting for? Oh, you're right. He is a Hall of Famer. Oh, favorite. man. He's, uh, not only does he have now uh, 3,053 hits, the same number as Rodney Carew, uh, as a, uh, he's a Dominican-born player, of course, but he's one of the best third basemen you, third yes. base men mm-hmm. you have ever seen. And remember years and years ago when he signed that four-year deal with Seattle when he left the Dodgers, uh-huh. people thought, Oh, you're giving this guy four years? Yeah, that was about 15 years ago that he signed and that four-year contract. it was 2005, contract. and the Mariners, the first year, you could have had him. Everybody was everybody was down on him kind yes. of the first year. He had 255. He had 19 homers and 87 RBIs. I guess they wanted more power than that because he hit 48 the year before mm-hmm. with the Dodgers and drove in 121 in 2004. Came up as an 18-year-old, right? 18 or 19? 19-year-old. 19-year-old. And he played half that season. It wasn't a cup of coffee he came up. And uh, fantastic. Then the Mariners, he had another. uh, The next year he hit 25 again, drove in 89. Hit 26, drove in 99. Uh, 2008, 25 and 77. And I remember Dan Gladden telling me, He's the, when the Twins were still winning and looking for the third baseman, he desperately wanted the Twins to trade for Adrian Beltre because he loved them. Yeah. And uh, the uh, Mariners, he must have gotten injured in 2009. He only played... Because uh, he signed a one-year deal with Boston. He right? only played in 154 games. Yeah, he signed a one-year deal with Boston because, uh, you know, people thought, well, you know, he's kind of fading. He uh, only hit eight home runs, drove in 44 that year. He had the bad year. Red Sox signed him. He comes back, drives in 102, 105, 102, 92, 104 as as recently as two years ago with the uh, Texas Rangers. And what I think I like best about him is when he takes the swing that he ends up down on one knee. Mm -hmm. He He doesn't get cheated. No, and of course, the other thing we all love about Adrian is he doesn't want you to touch his head. I love that. (laughs) Teams, he hits a home run and teams chase him all over the dugout, right? Just to to touch his head. His teammates to touch his head. (laughs) uh, uh, you, You think it's a bit, but... People who play with him say he's, he's not a he's, bad. No, he does serious. not want you yeah. to touch his head. He'll go in. He'll go in with a Rangers cap, wouldn't he? To Cooperstown, I would guess Dodgers. 
Because uh, his four, best five. statistical season yeah. was with the Dodgers, right? Because he had the one three, year he four, had 48 five, home five, runs. Six full season with the Dodgers. Uh, five seasons with the Mariners. One with the Red Sox. But the Rangers... You know, the Rangers have secured his legacy. There's no doubt about that. So, uh, is this his last year? Is he still pretty good? Yeah, he is. The only what, what did he do last year? What injury did he have? He only played 94 games. It, I, I want something to say it was a something. hamstring because I remember him, him grabbing at it, but I can't remember if that was last year or the year before. Nickname Kojak. Who's ever heard of him called Kojak? I've never heard him called that. Never heard that. Kojak. No, no? well. I guess the baseball almanac was desperate for uh, for a nickname. Anyway, uh, fantastic player. Twins trail 2-0, two-run homer, uh, bottom of the first by Josh Bell. Oda Rizzi uh, tried to throw that high fastball he likes to throw, and it sat there, and he hit it a long way. Uh, they're freezing to death. It is snowing in Pittsburgh, and it's snowing harder than it was uh, earlier about an inning ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're going to play this thing, apparently. And uh, and by the way, Logan Morrison had a quote, I believe, to the Pioneer Press earlier, saying something to the effect of, they shouldn't make us play in these cold-weather games. <laughs> and then Mulder says, get on out there, son, you're yeah, playing. Yeah, put him in the game. Well, <laughs> uh, there was uh, certainly no excuse to play this game at 6 o'clock at night. No. You know, play it at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Nobody's going to come to the damn game anyway. And so. if you see crowd shots... There, there is isn't nobody anybody there. at the game. Well, it's, you know, this whole myth that it's to draw more people. It's because of the regional TV networks. They want you to play night games. You think the Twins are playing Houston Monday and Tuesday night next week because they think they're going to draw big crowds? No. No. It's because FSN wants night games. So that's uh, that's the reason for it. Yeah, what uh, this this stuff might start sticking here. This snow is coming pretty good. Anyway, it's hockey season in Pittsburgh tonight, and uh, Jess Myers will be with us for the hockey half hour when we return. You're along for the ride with Roycey. Buckle up. Yeah! the thrill ride of the year on 1500 ESPN. And this portion of the Ride with Royce is sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started today at Indeed.com slash hire. Give us 30 minutes and we'll give you everything plugs. What is uh, slashing? Slashing is like that. <laughs> Jess Myers now joins the ride with Royce right for this edition of the Hockey Half Hour. This reminds me of the 1997 World Series in Cleveland. I think, I think it was game three and it was snowing like hell during BP and they were playing Christmas music up on the... Uh, and. Uh, uh, those of us columnists had uh, uh, seats in the auxiliary press box on oh, the right sure. field. And the owner of the Cleveland was complaining bitterly that they weren't being used because we were all inside at the. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they were going through there saying, please go out and sit there. I made it for about two innings. Yeah. That's enough of that. on. 
Wasn't uh, wasn't that like a thirteen to twelve game or something like that too? Because there there was one game that series that was really high score. I'd have to look. It might have been that one. Yeah, but we had, they ended up playing and it was yeah. twenty eight or something. I always love situations like that too. Like seeing the Marlins guys in parkas or like when when yeah. Tampa Bay when they wore orange when they used to play in Green Bay mm-hmm. in the cold and you see these bright <laughs> orange parkas that you know they only use once a year. Yes. It's not like you own one of those in Tampa. But. That one of the worst mistakes in the history of. Sports, taking them out of the orange and putting oh, them in the red yeah. and gray. That, that orange was, it was distinctive. Absolutely it was. <laughs> it stood for utter incompetence, but it was <laughs> it, it was uh, distinctive. All right, the uh, final four, uh, the Frozen Four here for the first time since? 2011. 2011. And the fifth time in St. Paul. Or, wait, no. Fifth I can't remember. Time? Fifth or sixth time in St. Paul. Oh, anyway, okay, because oh, we added at the Civic Center. Added at the Civic Center times. three times. Three times. Okay. Nineteen eighty nine, Harvard and Minnesota oh, was the first one. Ding! I'm still here. And Randy Scarda. Yeah. Yeah. Randy's great line. He says after they won it in two thousand two, he stopped hearing about it when he checked in for a tea time. Quite <laughs> yeah. so much. Yes, right. You know, kind of yeah. took the monkey off oh, his yeah. back a little bit. Yeah, that's yeah. probably the most famous failed shot in oh, yeah. Minnesota hockey history. So uh, ninety one, it was here in Northern Michigan. That was a three overtime one where they beat Boston University. Mm-hmm. Ninety four, it was here. That was when Lake Superior State beat Boston University nine to one in the championship. Really? I mean, it was just a, who was on that Lake Superior team? Did that was any, you know uh, Darren Madeley and just a lot of, a lot of kind of no name guys. But I talked to Jeff Jackson today. He's yeah. Notre Dame's coach. He was coaching Lake State then. Yeah. He was the first guy who went out and got the twenty four year old guys and brought oh, them in here. Really? And he said after that game, he said I had a few more coaches say maybe we should have a couple <laughs> older players on the, the team. In the USHL, huh? yeah, okay. yeah, those guys. And then two thousand two, of course, the Gophers beat yes. uh, beat Maine in overtime. Grant Patolny with the famous overtime goal. And two thousand eleven, Minnesota Duluth won their only title. That's right, uh, Bulldogs. It is. Uh, I was looking back through it. It is amazing. I mean, uh, Sandalin. Yeah, uh, you you brought it up. If they don't have that run in two thousand nine, he's probably out yeah, of there. He might, he might have lost his job because they, they have... were they were supposed to. They had four straight losing seasons, and then they they were supposed to be fairly good in oh eight oh nine, and they ended up collapsing and yep. ended up seventh in the league. And then some of the they, great victories of all time, oh, really. They, they go out to Colorado College. They sweep mm-hmm. out there to, mm-hmm. get, to get into the Final Five. Yes. And then Alex Daylock plays three games and allows one goal, one goal total. Yeah, and against Minnesota, North Dakota, and Denver, right? Yep. I mean, the, the yep. cream of the crop. So. And then they have the, the famous miracle at Mariucci, yes. where they're down to by, by two goals. To Princeton with 40 seconds left. Yes. And they wind up winning the game. And the uh, now uh, when I was talking to Sandlin, he said four-tenths that they tied it. I looked it up, and everybody referred to it as eight-tenths. Might but, have been eight-tenths. But, but it's still close. Yeah. <laughs> it's still oh. close. That was Zane Kalemba, who is the goalie for yeah. Princeton. He catches a puck with like four seconds left. He looks around, and he tosses it into the corner because he's thinking, keep the clock moving. Don't sure, have another right. face-off. UMD gets the puck and scores, and to this day, people will say, you know, why didn't you hold on to the puck for a face <laughs> Oh, is that right? That's yeah. how oh, it yeah. happened. Were you there? Yeah, oh yeah, oh, I was yeah. there. Well, the Bulldogs in there with uh, three Big Ten teams. Notre Dame now counts as a Big Ten team. Are they the favorite? Yeah, Notre Dame's. It feels like this is the year for Notre Dame. You know, like I said, Jeff Jackson. Have they ever was, won it? They have they not won it. Never won it. Right? Been to the championship uh, at least once when, with one of the Gensel boys when he was there. Back in uh, 2008, they went to the championship game against uh, a really good Boston College team. And uh, no, so they've never won it. They would be. And, and Ohio State, obviously, this is only their second Frozen Four. They've never won it. So uh, mm-hmm. e- either one of them it would be their first time. It is what people don't realize about Notre Dame hockey is 
Now, South St. Paul's Lefty Smith went down there because we used to read him. Don Riley used to do odes to Notre Dame hockey because he was a buddy of Lefty Smith and he loved Notre Dame. And they dropped it. They went down there. And they dropped it for what, two or three years? No, no longer than that. About 1982, they dropped it. Dropped it. Down to club level. Yes. And then 89, 90, they brought it back. And they were lousy at first because they were just. Because Lefty had some. Competitive teams. Oh, yeah. were, but were, were they in the WCHA? They were in the WCHA. Oh. This this was one of Don Lucia's great lines at his retirement press conference because he played at Notre Dame back in that Lefty Smith era. He said, people tell me I miss the old WCHA, and I say, which WCHA do you miss? Because yeah. he says, when I played in the yeah, WCHA, Michigan, Michigan it was State, Michigan, Notre Michigan Dame. State, Notre Dame, Wisconsin. <laughs> yes, right. Ohio State didn't have hockey probably, right. but beyond that. Well, Glenn, yeah, Glenn Sonmore was the coach now, at Ohio State once. Now, Herbie's miracle that all people remember is Lake Placid, but Herbie's first miracle was a two-game total goal series against Notre Dame. You got to look it up and find it, but they... I think they got beat by five or six goals on the first night and came back and beat Notre Dame nine to two. We got to we got to bring back the two game advanced. total goal series. Oh, the two we? game total goal series. I just was love fantastic. looking at scores where it says five to one in overtime. You know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, look it up someday. Notre Dame. They beat the hell out of Herbie's boys. Yep. It, it was somewhere. It might have been like seventy seven or something because I think he'd already won one, and then. Then and then they came back and beat them like nine sure, to two the sure. second night. That was might the, have been on the road. I'm that not was sure. the biggest problem with the two game total goal series is if you, if you had a blowout in the first game, the second game would be a bloodbath. Oh yeah, <laughs> one, right. one team had nothing to play yeah, for unless was, you unless you had Herbie telling you that you know this is your moment yeah, and they came back yeah. and beat them. But no, uh, you know Notre Dame has been the, one of the top teams in the country all season. And it just feels like this is their time. They've got Michigan in the second semifinal tomorrow night, and then the first game is UMD and Ohio State, and that's a fun game because you have all these connections between the two teams. Steve Rollick, the head coach at Ohio State, uh-huh. was the assistant at UMD for, I want to say, five, six years. He's a St. Paul kid. He played at Hill Murray and, and coached there for a little while as well. And then uh, Brett Larson, who's the top assistant at UMD, was the top assistant at Ohio State, came back to Duluth after many years. So he recruited a lot of that Ohio State team. That Ohio State uh, better than, uh, I think, most of us gave him credit for. The, yeah. the Gophers did okay with Ohio did State. Did okay with them. In right. fact, Don Lucia's final home Home game as coach of the Gophers was a one-one tie with Ohio State, Is that right? and they lost the shootout. If they win the shootout, they're in. No, they, UMD's not. Yeah, that's crazy. Just uh, I the, call them the miracle of math- mathematics. The uh, <laughs> UMD, you know, to, to be here. And by the way, Don, proud U- uh, Notre Dame alum that he is. He was on the bench today when they were practicing, oh, helping really? out, Good looking, for him. Re- looking relaxed, you know, looking happy. Well, he sent his kid down there to play too. Yeah, he did. So. Yeah. All right, we'll be back. Uh, the hockey half hour with Jess Myers. Ride with Royce. Time for a look at traffic. Just check the weather briefly. Traffic and weather together. Traffic sponsored by Cub Foods. We have a couple of incidents. A crash on 394 eastbound at Ridgedale Drive. Right shoulder there is blocked, and there's a crash on 694 westbound at 5th Avenue. That's been there a while. Still there. Left shoulder is blocked, and we do have some congestion, as usual. 169 northbound between 494 and 94. 27 minutes, 10 longer than usual. 494 on the south side eastbound between Highway 135W. 14 minutes. That's usually only about a two-minute drive. 
Mix, match, and save 20% on any six bottles of your favorite wine or champagne during the 20% off wine sale at Cub Liquor and Cub Wine and Spirits. See store for details. Our five eyewitness news weather forecast. Partly cloudy, record cold overnight down to nine. Tomorrow, twins opening day at Target Field. Looks like partly cloudy skies. A few flurries, the best we can do all day long. 34 degrees. Right now it's 29. That's traffic and weather. Have yourself a good evening. You're along for the ride with Royce. Yeah, Mr. Charm. Yeah, no, well, I wouldn't go that. <laughs> on 1500 ESPN. Getting you caught up on the weekend pucks. It's the Hockey Half Hour with Jess Myers. Combination that requires the highest level of conditioning, speed, creativity. On the ride with Royce. You know, I think they're probably right. Instead of having uh, 800 that they have there today in Pittsburgh, they would have probably only had 600 if they if played it was during an the afternoon day. Yeah, most today. likely. So they draw it, but they drew at least 200 more people. Every foul ball, you cannot see people. You <laughs> no. just see seats. Yeah. Well, thankfully, and nobody's nobody, going to get hurt. Everybody's so cold, nobody's even chasing the foul <laughs> no. balls. Ah, let somebody else get it. Uh, Ryan Suter, uh, that ain't good for the uh, playoff run here. Well, not only Ryan Suter, but the one-two punch of losing Spurgeon and then When's losing When's he Suter. getting back? Uh, a couple he, of weeks? W- or, uh, I would think we'll see Spurgeon in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully he They're can be back for that, that Winnipeg series. Well, I think they said he might uh, you know, I mean, I might be ready to start the playoffs, but that would probably be rushing him. I'm all in, though. Winnipeg in the wild. I'm all oh, in. The it's hell be with fantastic. The, hell with these people whining. Oh, they should have a different system. I think the system's perfect. Let two and three play each other out of their division. To, I mean, in their division to create this rivalry. Because right now, as I said the other day, the the rivalry with Winnipeg amounts to uh, five thousand Canadians walking up and down West 7th Street full of beer. Absolutely. But if you play them a six- or seven-game series, you got a rivalry for the next decade. Absolutely. And I've told people this, too. You think it's crazy when the Blue Jays are in town and all the Canadians yeah. you see? Just wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Buckle oh, up. It'll be cause, fantastic. Because, be fan- A, yeah. they're closer, and, B, they care more. And they're, they're passionate they about it. They come down here as Blue Jay fans just because they got nobody else to root for, right? right? And, A, right. it's an excuse to come down here in the summer. And it's their only chance to see their team yeah. if you live in Thunder Bay yeah, or if you live in... Yeah. to compare that with the what's got to be the madness for the Jets oh. this right now because I think the Jets have surprised their own fans. Oh sure, they? I mean they're good, they're young, you mm-hmm. know, and, they, and they're doing it with Americans too, which is the crazy part. I mean, yeah. Kyle, Kyle Connor is probably one of their better players, and, and their goalie is a Michigan yeah, kid. I see and, you got they they tried to lose the game the other night, but because uh, they, they rested five guys and then Connor got two goals. So but they I, haven't they haven't officially when Nashville got beat last night. They haven't officially clinched yet. No, Winnipeg still has like a three percent chance of winning yes, the Presidents yes, Cup. For yeah, goodness sake, and yeah. uh, of uh, then we. Then our boys would end up playing Nashville, yep. which they apparently would feel better about. But there's, I, there's I like a ninety percent chance the Wild are yes. going to play Winnipeg, and it's going to be outstanding. Now, I was on with a Winnipeg station earlier today, and they said the Wild have this three-game Western trip going on. What do they hope to accomplish? I said, not a darn thing. Okay. It's like nobody else breaking a leg. Go That's out there, you know, relax, sit in the sun, don't get hurt, and just you know, because you've 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 clinched a playoff spot. You know, you're yeah, going to play moving. Winnipeg. Yeah. yeah, just Carson. Just, uh, tell me about the kid from uh, Carson Susi. Yeah, you know, big kid, six six. You know, some size. He's on, big. He's another big. monster. Huh? Yeah, another monster on defense. And you know, talking. Was to, he a good player at UMD? Yeah, 
real good player at UMD, and he looked like he fit in. You know, and again, don't try and do too much. You know, yeah. don't be 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 a defensive defenseman when you Keep start out. Keep them from scoring goals. Keep them from scoring goals. He did give up one in front of the net. Edmonton just missed it because Edmonton's not very good. But mm-hmm. uh, but no, he'll he'll fit in nicely. He's not going to eat up twenty six minutes a game. You know, no, that's that's no not going to happen, and nobody else is. But you know, he'll be all right for now. I mean, you know, I I would put him interchangeable with a Ryan Murphy or somebody like that. Um, the pressure now is is on a guy like Matt Dumba to see if he can step up and be the guy and, you know, eliminate the defensive mistakes. You know he can play offense. You know he can shoot the puck. But eliminate the defensive mistakes that make and him Brodeen such a Brodine has him, right? Brodine has to uh, have Brodeen has back. Dumba, right? Yeah. So that, yeah. that's they're going to be... Playoffs, they're going to be on the ice thirty minutes. Yeah, probably. that's that's going to be your top pair, no question, mm-hmm. and and it's going to have to be. So uh, you know, and then you know, see if you can get a Jordan Greenway going in the playoffs, or a Jewel Erickson Eck, or you know, some of these guys that we keep waiting for that breakout where they haven't seen. That's been a little better, right? That's been a better. And how about this stat? After missing the first thirty nine games of the year, Zach Parisi is now fifth on the team in scoring. Well, he's with, on a run here. And you know, we've seen in two thousand twelve with the Devils, we've seen what Zach Parisi can do when he takes up team and puts it on his back and says, you know, follow me guys. So um if he's poised to do that having missed thirty nine games, so he's nice and rested and, and all of that, uh that could be real fun to well, watch. I know a lot of people fear the Winnipeg, but it'll be a long series. Oh, they'll, I think so. They'll make it they'll yeah. make a long series. Yeah, absolutely. It. And then it, it'll be uh It'll be a fantastic fun having them here. That's uh, that is for sure, because uh, you know the Blackhawks thing has mm. wasn't wasn't competitive enough, right? For it it's to only, turn into a great rivalry, and right, this is even closer. This is uh, more. This is closer. You know, this is. It's only a rivalry if the other team wins now and then. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I. You and I have talked about how the Brattons have said Warroad was never a rivalry because Rosa would win by seven goals every time <laughs> back in that era. There was nothing fun about that. Same with the Blackhawks. The Wild needed to win a series from them at some point to make it a a true fun rivalry, and it just never happened. So yeah, this this could be the fun one. Yeah, it'll be great. Uh, uh, all right, snowing like hell in Pittsburgh. Twins trail two to nothing. A good prep for tomorrow's game. It's going to be just like this, probably. We just revealed, by the way, that thirty-four was the game time temperature in nineteen sixty-two. So if it gets to thirty-four tomorrow, it'll uh, only tie the record. That's for right. Coldest. Okay. All right. We'll be back. One last thing on the uh, Frozen Four here in St. Paul this weekend. Uh, When do we uh, reveal the Hobie Baker and who's going to win it? That'll be uh, Friday night. And it's interesting. All three guys who are up for it have already signed pro contracts. They're already playing in the NHL. Really? So you wonder if uh, if the three will be here. I hope so. Henrik Borgstrom from Denver is probably the best player in college hockey. I don't think he's going to win it. I think Ryan Donato from Harvard, Olympic hero and now playing with the Boston Bruins. I think he's going to be the guy. It'll be the second time in three years that a Harvard player has won. It. It's going to be announced at Roy Wilkins Auditorium Friday night. A lot of fun stuff going on in St. Paul. They've got a fan fest. Uh, they've got, you know, they're revealing all the major awards. So it's uh, kind of a fun weekend. All righty. And uh, the great outdoors coming up. And now, uh, now I read the strip this morning and we're running out of walleye in Wisconsin, too, man. Uh, we got to get these things a little more hardy. Man. Walleyes are more fragile than we thought. And in a state with as much water as we have, it's a hot topic because uh, farmers are tiling their fields. They're making them drain quicker. It's draining into aquifers and, you know, all this okay. stuff. It's, it's making the lakes green. It's controversial. So we're going to try and present both sides of the story tonight on The Great Outdoors. Uh, well, that's uh, that's a thought there, but, uh, you know, I'm... Uh 
I, I, as an old southwestern Minnesota boy, I want to go back to those old-fashioned corn pickers that left 20% of the corn <laughs> on the ground so the pheasants could get big and fat and healthy. You got a few more and, pheasants uh, back oh, then. They were like chickens, man. <laughs> they were like chickens because the farm equipment's too damn good. Plus, they didn't farm. 80, 80% of them didn't plow till spring. <laughs> So the corn stalks just sat there, and the the corn and the, the pheasants would have a good old time. The thought Eat is, them. the thought is, let's bring back the potholes. You know, everybody drained the potholes oh, the pot and, and, get, oh, the and pot got, got rid of the potholes and made it yes. into farmlands, and and you know, it it changed the hydrology. And you don't. Want and that. in fact, when my old man used to tell me to have my uh, mother to tell my mother I was sick on Good Friday, so we could sneak out of church, we'd drive around and look at the potholes. Sure. For, for why yes. my poor brother got Scouting, stuck there that. with mom sitting through the three-hour service. So uh, wow. had to scout the potholes. That's right. They All right. See how the, the potholes were doing. All righty. Well, uh, I'm going to be at the Twins opener, so I'll miss the semis. But if our Bulldogs made it to the finals, i got to get over there Saturday to see them win another championship. Oh, it would be it would be fun. But, you know, it's going to be a great tournament no matter what happens. I think a, a UMD-Notre Dame final, though, would be a lot And the good fun. news is you will never again, after this year, hear any Gopher fan say, I'm not going to their games because of Big Ten hockey anymore. <laughs> now that Big Ten hockey in a short five, six years has become the dominant conference, you can stop whining, ladies and Two gentlemen. Two years ago, the Big Ten regular season champion did not get an invite to the NCAA tournament. This year, they got three of the three four in teams there. in the Frozen Four. Notre so. Dame, nice addition. Who's going to be next? Are they going to get eight? I think they're going to get Illinois. I think that's going to be okay. the next one. All righty. Well, that, then, they, then you got to go through the three-year process of them... Building and, a program and they like need Penn some State. good sports news in Champaign, so yes, that, that, that yes, would be a do. good addition. Well, don't hire Lovey as your coach. That's uh, the, uh, probably not. That's the motto. All right, Jess, have a good, uh, great outdoor show. See you boys uh, Friday. I'm going to be at the uh, Twins game tomorrow.